Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, and the opportunity to worship you in giving. And now as we look into this word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our heart. And Father, that it will gain great root and that it will grow up to be a mighty oak that is magnifying you. We thank you for all these things. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We have come to episode number four of our series entitled Some Assembly Required. And this, for some, happily will be at the last. And for others, they will not be happy that we're moving on. But I think after we have gone through this, we now can have a great understanding of how important the marital relationship is and everyone operating and being in the right place. And this is not something that is thrown together. It, it's not an automatic thing. It's a little bit of work that is required in order for this to happen. Well, we talked about initially how God is the center. We talked about the wife and we talked about the husband. And so today we're going to be talking about another aspect of marriage. My opening statement for today is intimacy in marriage is not a chore, but a gift from God that allows the husband and wife to enjoy each other emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically. God's intention is that intimacy with him is reflected in our intimacy with our spouse. I'm going to hit you with that last part one more time. God's intention is that intimacy with him is reflected in our intimacy with our spouse. So if you ain't figured it out, we're going to be talking about intimacy today. But let's talk about the past four, the, uh, the other episodes. Our first episode that we started off with, it was entitled The Right Mindset. And we talked about having our minds focused on serving God, which is then reflected in the serving of our spouse. Then we talked about the right meaning. The right meaning, we were defining what the role, responsibility of the wife, according to the word, is. Then we talked about the right perspective. And we were looking at the husband's role, responsibility, but most of all we're talking about his view of how he adjudicates, operates as the head of the house. And for this one, I came up, since we were doing everything right, we're going to call this one the right connection. Because if you heard what I said in my opening statement, we're talking about connecting emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically. So we want to make all four of those connections correctly or right. Let's get into our definitions for today. First definition is marriage. Marriage is a state of being united to a person of the opposite sex as husband or wife in a consensual and contractual relationship, bless you, recognized by law. Right is being in accordance with what is just, good, or proper. Connection. 
Connection is a relation, especially a person connected with another by marriage rather than by blood. Intimacy. Intimacy is the state of being intimate, close familiarity or association, nearness and friendship. And our final one is, since intimacy is the state of being intimate, we got to say what intimate is. Intimate is simply closely acquainted, very familiar. Very familiar. <laughs> Let's, I had a little joke went to my mind. I let it rest for right now. <laughs> First Corinthians, the seventh chapter, starting at the first verse. You know, no, let me let me let me let me do a little background first before we go into this. So, yeah, let's do the background first. The United States, I mean Corinth, was a cesspool of immorality. One of the most immoral cities in the world of its day. All forms of sexual deviations ran rampant and were openly displayed. Loose living was the practice of spouse and neighbor, friends and strangers. Practically everyone dressed to draw attention and to attract. And they peppered their conversation with insinuations to let each other know that they were available and desired. A decent person could not walk down the street without being eyed and thought about by the tempter or temptress. Sex was the goddess of the United States, I mean Corinth, society. It permeated the government. It permeated commerce, recreation, and religion of the Corinthians. It abounded everywhere. Now imagine a church of the Lord Jesus Christ sitting in the midst of such an immoral society image. Imagine men and women desiring to live pure and godly lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine the temptations they would face, the, the pressure to look, touch, and experience. And it was out of such a life that so many had been saved. Think of the enticing temptations and pull that would confront them to return to the world. Because of this, the pressure of temptations that abounded in every bend, the Corinthians believers began to search for the best way to handle the situation. The conclusion of some believers was that celibacy was the best way. They felt that never to touch a woman or man was the surest way to stay pure and gain the strength to conquer the temptation. By controlling himself, a person could eventually become so strong that the temptation would have no effect upon him. The idea caught hold and some, apparently a fair number, began to practice celibacy. You would think that was pretty good. But there is even indication that some married men and women began to practice celibacy, either within the marriage or by leaving their spouse. The matter of handling the temptation of fornication and of celibacy had become such an issue that the church needed guidance. Therefore, they wrote and asked Paul what the Lord had taught regarding fornication, celibacy, and marriage. And Paul is answering that specific question that the church had written and asked him. And so that leads us up into 1 Corinthians, the seventh chapter, starting at the first verse. This is the English Standard Version. It says, now concerning the matters which you wrote, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. 
But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except perhaps by the agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Now as a concession, not a command, I say this. I wish that all were as I am, but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it's good for them to remain single as I am, but if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask it falls upon the good soul of our heart in Jesus' name. Let's jump into this, because this is going to be fun, talking about intimacy. The talk is a conversation that occurs as an introduction to the unknowing of sex. Proper instruction and understanding regarding sex is as important as teaching a child how to handle a firearm or to drive a vehicle. Most parents do not teach their children about sex because they are not taught and this causes generational ignorance and can lead to catastrophes. We have allowed our exterior environment to teach about sex. And the problem is that when the exterior teaches about sex, they teach only about sex and remove any sign, any indication of what we're talking about today, which is intimacy. Sex can be intimate, but sex is not intimacy. And we'll get to that in a minute. Because what we have done is, as you heard me making those Freudian slips when I was reading that introduction, that the United States has kind of taken on the spirit of the city of Corinth at that time. Everywhere you look, there is an indication, a, 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 a pre presentation, uh, a sexual in the window. But because it is just generally thrown out there, there is no parameters, there's no boundaries, there's nothing to teach our young generation, our old generation, how to properly manage going through this type of situation. Now, I, I understand that we, we, have, we know in the Bible, God said to be fruitful and multiply. But God, when he gave that, it was to the man and the woman that he had just brought together, and he told them in the context of being the man and the woman to be fruitful and multiply. When you not when you uh, cherry pick certain scriptures, you can really justify what you're doing and why you're doing it. I'm quite sure when the people of Corinth, when they got all assembled together and 
whoever the speaker was that day pulls up Paul's letter. And the first thing it says is, it is not good for men, it is good for man not to have sexual relations. I think there was a dropping of the hearts of men to the bottom of their feet. But I want to point out that we as the church have done generations wrongly. And that this is another one of those very important things to God that we have not allowed ourselves to become the criers, the, the, the premier speakers about or on. Because anything that God has designed and put together, it should be the church that is the proponent of it. I don't remember when my coming up, any time there being a message on intimacy, on sex itself, and I'm not going to put it all off on the church. It was it was some of me, but that was no, it was all of me. All right, so the, that's why I had my son when I was a junior. Well, I ain't have it. Yolanda had him, but anyway, we had our son when we were juniors in high school because we heard, but no one had really said this is God's prescription for sex. And if you want to take it to the fullest of how God designed it, God wanted us to be intimate with him, and he wants us to reflect that intimacy with that special person for the rest of our lives. But we don't emphasize that. We just say, don't do, but we don't provide a hope. We don't provide a shape. We, don't, we do not reveal to those that are struggling how to overcome the struggle. Suck it up and drive on. Suck it up and drive on doesn't work when I'm all by myself and temptation is sitting in front of me. Because it's easier to fall than it is sometimes to suck it up and drive on. I'll get to my notes in a minute. And so we have to realize that if we are going to be the church, which is the empowering station, which is helping folks to become what God has designed for them to be, that we have to cover everything that is important and pertinent to the community. If we want to help people to live Lives that are abundant. We're always talking about the abundant life. And we can play the music and run around the church and celebrate abundant life. But what about when the husband and wife are living in the house like roommates? They buy a house with two master bedrooms so he can have one and she can have one. What do we do? How do we direct? How do we cause our people to understand that God has better for you, but there's some things, some direction that we have to go through in order to achieve what God has 
for us to do. Because when we try to take a little bit of how the world says to do it and try to mix it in what God says to do, we always find out that it becomes doo-doo. I mean, it doesn't do <laughs> what it's supposed to do. We have to either do all what God says to do in order to get all that God says we'll get or just forget it. But when we try to mix in a little bit of this and a little bit of that from the, the, the direction that the world says to do it, and it God, it, it doesn't mix. It's, it's taking the old wineskins and putting in the new wines. It doesn't function right. It doesn't function successfully. So where I'm going with this, I know y'all thought I was going to maybe have some slides and pictures and all that stuff about intimacy, but that's not where I'm going because we have to talk about establishing a foundation of what intimacy is. Intimacy is showing concern and love to your spouse emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically. Emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically. And yes, fellas, I'm saving the best for last, just so you know. So as we're going through this, as we're going down this journey talking about this, we already know that marriage outside, I mean marriage outside of marriage, sex outside of marriage is not good. Now, so if sex outside of marriage is not good, the converse of that is sex inside of marriage is good. Now, in order for that to be true, there are still some things that we have to do. The, the sex process is not the engagement physically, the sex process is engagement emotionally, engagement mentally, engagement spiritually. Stay with me, brothers. We're going to be all right. Because if we can engage on all four levels, we are then showing a representation of how God desires for our intimacy to be with him. Now, let me run that real quick because that alley just showed up and I think we're going to turn down it. There are many of us that are have a level of intimacy with God. That, and intimacy means a closeness. Intimacy means having this uh, environment where you feel like you and God can talk about anything. But there are some areas that some of us will not even talk to God about. One of my of uh, mental pictures that I like to sh show up is that it's like we invite God into the house and God says, hey, can you show me the house? And you only take him to the rooms that you have already prepared for him to see. And he says, well, let's go down this hallway. And you're like, oh, no, God, we can't go down that hallway. There's some things down that hallway I don't want you to see. But he says, but I, I, I want to be with you. I, I want to know all about you. No, God, you really don't want to know that. Now, the, the funny thing that God taught me was, I already know, I just want you to be willing to let me know. Okay. Let me I already know, I just want you to be willing to let me know. 
And because once we understand that God wants to know everything about us, he wants to know when you're mad at him. Because you already know you're mad. It's just like your kid. You know when your kid mad at you. He wants you to know that he still cares about you even in the midst of you acting that way. And so if we understand that God wants to know everything about us, he also designed marriage to be an earthly representation of how he interacts with us. With that said, then, he wants us to be able to tell our spouse everything about us. Now, they don't know. But God wants us to be willing to trust and have confidence that we can talk to our spouse in such a way that we can provide emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical connection. Because I've heard so much, I've seen books, they're all focusing on the physical act, the sex act. But, you know, it's not necessarily sex that gets our kids caught up. It's the intimate times that they manifest into the sex action. So if we can teach this is what intimacy looks like, this is what intimacy is, then they realize, because I have heard it before, all we were doing was this, and next thing we know, it happened to this. But if we can teach them that intimacy is not, is, 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 is not a dating thing. Intimacy is not a, a thing that, okay, I know I'm going to get a letter on that. How are we going to get to know each other if we are not intimate? That, uh, we're, we're, I, I'm, I got it in here to, to talk about. We have to realize that God has already designed all this and already set it out. And he, he's all good with us connecting on an a, a emotional level. He's a good on us connecting on a spiritual, a mental level. But he has designated the physical level of connection to be done under a covenant. Because God says, this is so sacred to me that I only want it to occur under a covenant which provides my supervision over the situation. So if we are not doing it in a covenant relationship, then we're doing it outside of God's desire, and that means we're missing the mark that God has set up, and our definition of missing the mark of God is called sin. Now, let's look at this now. Anything that is done, any intimacy, any sex outside of the covenant is sin. Means we missed the mark. It means that we are portraying as if we have set this up in a God manner, but it's not in a God manner. So let me pull this back in. Let me pull myself back in because another alley just came up. Sex is not just about having kids. Sex is not just about 
having a recreational activity. Sex is a part of the intimacy, of the closeness of a husband and wife. There, the, I'm, I'm quite sure if we did a survey, there are areas either emotionally, either spiritually, either mentally, and some physically that we could, we, if we did a, a secretive survey, there could, would be some folks that say that they are deficient as a husband and wife in these areas. But what we want to do is create an environment where they can come together. We want to let them know that God's desire is for them to seek out and to operate in such a manner that they are operating in accordance to how God has designed it to be. It's going to be ugly. There's going to be some emotional things that need to be worked through. But that's what God, that's why God wanted to combine in this covenant relationship. Can you imagine going around, somebody like me with PTSD going around, getting triggered around a whole bunch of people that don't really care about me and, and, and just spreading all my anger and, and, and all that on, on all these other people when I can just dump it all on Miss Yolanda? I, I shouldn't have said dump. But, uh, but then she can pull me in, and because I have a relationship with her, she can say, hey, babe, calm down, breathe, and, and do all the things that will allow me to get back on track. But if I don't have a relationship with any of these folks emotionally, mentally, or spiritually, then there's nothing to help stabilize me when I'm going through a situation. Y'all understand where I'm coming from? So it is very important that this intimacy is something that we pursue. And, and listen, it is not an easy thing. Because just like Corinth, we in the United States, we have set up all these roadblocks and said, oh, that's not necessary. Oh, you don't need that. All you need to do is just sleep with somebody. You'll be all right. You'll, you'll get all these hormones going around and you'll, and you'll feel all right. But yes, you'll, you might feel all right. But that's why we said emotional and mental. So emotionally for that moment you may feel okay. Mentally you might feel okay. But when you think about it, you're going to feel empty because spiritually you'll realize that this is not the right way to do it. And so we have to make people aware there's a way for us to work through this. We have to tell our young people that this is what it is going on. It, uh, sex is not a, 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 a squirt gun for you to be going around squirting other people with. It is actually a real weapon that when you discharge that weapon that you can cause damage that is terminal. If we look at this and, and grab hold of this, we can walk in the power that God wants us to walk in. God desires for our marriages to teach us how to be more like him. I think that's why Paul was so happy that he was a widow, <laughs> widower, because your spouse can make you go to another level in loving Jesus. Mm. Uh -huh. Lord, help them. Help me help them. So let's, let's, let me go ahead and wrap this up today.
Intimacy in marriage, when properly viewed, when properly understood, it strengthens and heightens the chance of a successful marriage. Because it builds up our emotional, it builds up our mental, it builds up our spiritual, it builds up our uh, physical mindset. It builds us up and allows us to be stand and, and stable. And so we, 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 we have heard of these different techniques that you can use in order to make, uh, to create a, a more uh, beneficial for both parties situation. But we have to understand that this is again something that needs to be assembled. It requires work. It requires focus in order for us to get there. If you want the right connection, we have to do the right things in order for it to happen. We have to reflect the right things. We have to talk about doing the right things so that not only can we be in the right spot, but those around us can see the example and those that are watching us can hear the best direction to go. There is a little simple book called His Needs, her needs. There's another little simple book called The Five Love Languages. And these two books within themselves can help us to move in that direction. Because God designed us to be complementary to one another, not competing. God commit and in order for us to be complementary, we have to know each other. We have to be intimate with each other. We have to be close with each other. And if we can make sure that we are operating on that emotional, mental, spiritual, physical planes, it becomes a more stronger, robust relationship. And it causes others to want to be around you and also want to learn how to get what you get and what you've done. So as we are going down this journey, as we're closing this out, there was two directions I want I was thinking about us going. I, we could have just focused on sex, but I was I was wrestling with this all this week because it's more than just sex. That's what the world is teaching us. It's all about the sex. It's not all about the sex. It's all about relationship and building each other up and establishing each other, causing oneness to form. That's what the intimacy does. It causes the oneness to form. If we can get oneness in all four of those areas, can you imagine how strong your relationship will be? But the thing about it is, there's no pill you can take. There's no book that you can necessarily read. There's some assembly that's required, which means there's some work. And so I encourage you to go through this entire series and begin to figure out what tools you need in order to get to the right connection, to have the level of intimacy 
that reflects your intimacy with God to others, especially your spouse. Now, you heard me today about having the right connection. There's another connection that I definitely need to, 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 to tell you about, and that's being connected to God the Father. That connection is established by accepting what Jesus has done for you. Jesus has paid the ultimate price. As you heard me say before, sin is missing the mark that God has for us. And God has, because we could not pay the price that is required to cover sin, God covered it for So he made the mark. Then he also created the way for us to get back on the mark because we're missing it in so many areas. And the way that we do that is through Jesus Christ. The Bible says it like this. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That word saved means rescued, means delivered. And it's talking about being delivered from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is death. But the Bible also says that the gift of God is eternal life. And it's through Jesus Christ our Lord. So if you do not have a relationship with God, if you have not accepted Jesus, today is the day. Don't wait till another day today. The Bible says that everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that is our desire for you. That you have a relationship with Jesus so that he can take you and position you in your rightful place, which is in heavenly places with him. Now, we're just not going to drop the ball with that. We're not just going to leave you hanging with that. If you made that decision today, we want to assist you along this journey. And because I totally believe that this is not an individual sport, this is a team event, we're going to come alongside you and assist you along this journey. So what I want you to do, I want you to either email us at info at godshousecc.com or you can text us at 864-920-0100. Let us know that you made that decision today and we will come alongside you and assist you along this journey. This is not an individual event. It's a team sport. Our desire is to come alongside you and assist you. So that you can be all that God has called for you to be. All right. Well, friends and family, that's episode number four in the books. Don't write me about nothing I said today. All right. You'll be okay. If you will go ahead and do it, you'll be fine. But we definitely want to let you know that we're going to be starting a new series starting next week. We're going to be talking about prayer. Because I believe September, you know, you're getting school going and you're starting to get into the fall months. Let's talk about prayer so that we can get ready for this upcoming year. All right? With that being said, until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.